Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you are doing well. Um, Happy week before Thanksgiving. Uh, For those of you that don't know, and those guys that are new here, whatever, I'm hosting a workshop tomorrow, so November uh, 18th. Right now you're listening to it. It's a Friday. Got to get my timeline straight. But um, I am hosting a free workshop tomorrow through Tuesday. It's a a four-video module series. It's a step-by-step workshop on how to not binge and purge on Thanksgiving. I'd actually have a nice Thanksgiving. How to have boundaries with your family members and your friends and just make it through the holidays with it actually possibly being enjoyable and not just a waking up with pumpkin pie in your hair sort of scenario because you got home late or after the dinner, you waited up for everyone to go to bed and then you snuck downstairs and binged everything and then, you know, wake up with a binge and purge hangover. So that's what the workshop is about. It's called Conquering binge eating this Thanksgiving step-by-step workshop and it's free you can sign up for it on my website at bingebakers.com so just go to that it'll be the link in the description below but the reason I'm telling you that in case you haven't signed up for it um I'm filming all the modules today and I just don't have as much time for the podcast this week. So I thought what might be nice is to give you um, some clips from that workshop so that if you don't sign up, at least you have kind of the highlights that are important for you to use next week that'll be helpful to you. And if you do want to sign up, this will be good encouragement. Um, It'll be open until the 21st. I might leave actually the free workshop open until next week. So if you really need it and maybe till the day of Thanksgiving, uh, you just won't be able to get the live group coaching calls because over the weekend we're going to have a group coaching call at 9 a.m on saturday so tomorrow november 18th mountain time and then another one on tuesday at 3 p.m mountain time so you'll only be able to catch the replays of that and you'll get live daily emails that are sent to you so it's kind of good to do it actually starting tomorrow but in case you do need it and you're like actually i need your help let me sign up for it late i'll leave it open but you can go through it at your own pace uh, and then you can also get a downloadable journal PDF, a four-day journal, just to help you through those days and kind of reflect on what's going on and have some direction and daily intention. So it's all going to be really cool, but I thought I'd share for the podcast today some clips for it, partly to save myself time, not that I don't love you guys, just a busier week and we got to do what we got to do, but also to highlight the awesomeness of the workshop and help you guys out. And for those guys that are going to be in the workshop, hopefully this gets you excited and um, entices you to participate more. Um I tell people too, it's a part of the workshop, but like go in thinking, not not having perfect expectations and not trying to retain everything. Just go in and if you only take one lesson from it, use that lesson and practice it and try to um, uh, facilitate it or what about, what's the word I'm looking for? Try to infiltrate it into your life. <laughs> That's not even the right word. Integrate it. There we go. <laughs> Brain took me a bit, but I got there. Integrate it into your life. 
it will help you. So um, that's going on. Is there anything else I'd like to say? Oh, I posted on my Instagram this week. Uh, my Instagram, all my meme reels are doing really well. So my Instagram, I'm finally over 10k followers. It only took me three years, but thank you for those guys that follow me on there. It's awesome. I'm really appreciative and it's kind of weird and it does not feel that much different from having a 5k following on Instagram or anything, but it is cool. But anyway, I posted a reel about the Thanksgiving before bulimia. And I wanted to talk about it a bit here because it's a part of my story I haven't shared before. Um, In the first podcast episode ever, I did share about how, um, you know, my bulimia started as an adult. I had it as a teenager, but then it also came back up in my early 20s as as, um, an adult. And it happened when I was still in college and then continued for four more years. And before this point, I was definitely displaying symptoms of calorie restriction and scarcity with food and being obsessive with food and constantly dieting and my weight was fluctuating nonstop throughout college. Um, But part of this was from pressure for me, part of this is from pressure from others and there was some abuse that led to my eating disorder as well and the Thanksgiving before bulimia started it's quite relevant because it um I was under pressure for myself and others to lose weight. And that Thanksgiving, I had a weight goal that I was supposed to meet that Saturday. And I, the whole time during that Thanksgiving, I was just thinking about how I wasn't going to meet this weight goal, that I was going to be disappointed in myself. Others were going to be disappointed in me, that there were going to be consequences for this. And so the whole Thanksgiving meal with loved ones, some of whom aren't here anymore, they've since then passed away. I was not there. I wasn't present at all. And I just, there's a picture of me and I've shared in a reel where I just look so out of it. And that's because I was just obsessing over every gram that I was eating. And the odd thing was, is that I was obsessing over every gram, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop eating that day. It wasn't binging, but it was definitely overeating and just feeling out of control. The next day, I think I barely ate anything at all, but I still didn't meet my weight criteria. And then that's what kind of spurred a series of really awful things that I did to my body, partly from my own decisions, but partly others encouraged me to take laxatives and do really horrible things to myself um, in order to lose an extreme amount of weight in an extreme amount of time. And it was a really, really awful experience. And I isolated myself most of those holidays and lost that extreme amount of weight and extreme amount of time. And then like two months later after that, probably um, in April after that Christmas is when I binged and purged for the first time as an adult. And it's no surprise why. And so I'm saying this because, you know, we think it's all about like eating correctly and having a healthy relationship with food. But the reason I feel emotional right now is because I missed out on so much that year. It was my last year of college. It should have been a fun experience. And I missed out on um, being with family and loved ones because of my eating disorder and because of things that were going on. And it's not to say that it was all my fault. Definitely wasn't. It was um, a lot of things were going on that I'm now really piecing together. But uh, I just say that to you to realize that it's... you. Your holidays don't have to be that way. And you don't have to keep... Your eating disorder doesn't have to keep taking over your life the way it is to where you can't even enjoy precious time with loved ones that you may never get back. Um, It's not to scare you. It's just to like help you maybe see the benefit of recovering. And I look back at that girl who was struggling so badly and didn't know what to do. Again, it wasn't her fault. But if I could have told her the things that I'm telling her in this workshop, if she could have known some of the tools that I'm giving you today and then in the workshop and I do my program and my coaching when I help people, 
that's why I do what I do. I'm fighting for that that girl because I know she's lost and I know she's just trying her best, but she's getting buried by horrible things around her, right? And that's what a lot of people I see in eating disorders. They're good people. They're not bad people. They're not deficient. They're just caught up in really bad stuff. Um, so hopefully this helps you. Um, and hopefully that story kind of, I don't know if I'll share all of it on this podcast and I won't really share the extent of it because it's, it's private and, um, personal, but, uh, hopefully that gives you a clear picture of, you know, why maybe you want to do something different. Thanks. this Thanksgiving, whether it's get help from me or others really just don't go into this Thanksgiving thinking it has to be the same as the last ones. And for those of you guys that don't celebrate Thanksgiving at all, this is relevant for you even if you don't celebrate it because you can just translate Thanksgiving to big holiday gathering with lots of food and family or friends. Like any big meal, any with a big gathering of people that you're nervous for where people tend to overeat, that's what Thanksgiving is. So you can just translate it to that um, and uh, take the workshop. It's definitely relevant um, to you. All right, I'll let you guys go here. Um, enjoy the clips of the workshop shop and I hope to see you in there this weekend and I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving as well. So me, myself and I. So there's privilege in saying take care of your basic needs when there's not a million different people you're taking care of. I get that. But I think if your schedule isn't allowing you to take care of yourself, at least the basic things that you would give your kids or someone that you love, why are you not allowing that in your schedule? What is it that you're putting above yourself and thinking through some things there? I certainly you can't change the fact that there are cues. You can change some cues, and we'll talk about that. But you can change how you respond. You can't change the cue. You can't change the, the craving. Both those things are automatic. They're not in your control. What is within your control is how you respond to the habit cue and the craving that it creates in your body, the urge that it creates in your body. And we'll get more on how to respond differently later. But the reason that I'm harping on this is that an awareness is if what people experience with binging and purging and habit loops is that it happens automatically. I remember many times when I was binging and purging, um, it would just feel like suddenly I had Oreos in my mouth or suddenly I was in the grocery store and it, suddenly I was in front of my fridge and I started out eating something normal and then it started going faster and faster and before I knew it, I just, it was too late. And when it feels like that, it just kind of blindsides you and there's nothing you really can do because the momentum is too strong. But the more awareness you can gain around what cues are causing you to have cravings, to have urges, and then the more awareness you can have around what those urges feel like, what they sound like in terms of what you think, what you feel, um, what you do, the behaviors, all that sort of stuff, then you have more power to see the urge earlier on and to recognize it for what it is and to stop and pause and do something differently than you would have before. Because it's like um, it's like watching a horror movie. Um, whenever you watch them for the first time, they're scary, especially if they're loaded with jump scares because you don't know where they are. It's just going to pop up. It's going to scare you more than it ever has before because you're used to the, you're not used to the stimulus at all. But then if you watch it over again, you're going to be much more prepared for the jump scares that will happen. You may still jump, especially if it's just one of those things that it's a loud noise or something, it's automatic, but you know that it's actually not that scary, that you know what to expect, and it's not that bad, and you control the jump a bit more, and then you're like, oh, whatever, and you push it off. That's like an urge, right? So you're just jumping and reacting immediately. We need you to get 
wise to the cues and the cravings so that you can understand them and react differently than you were before and awareness is the first step in it because if you aren't even aware that you can't see it coming and then it just passes you by the opportunity to stop without anything you can do about it holding strong boundaries for yourself will inconvenience others inconveniencing others by enforcing a boundary for yourself is not a moral failure other people not respecting the boundaries you've set for yourself is a red flag. She was referring to dating, but it is true. If people, if your boundaries are not harming anyone, like you're not trying to force anyone to do anything, you're just saying no and not willing to do something, or you don't want to interact with them, that you're no longer allowing them to be in your space. It has nothing to do with them. You're not asking them to do something. You're asking them to not do something. Um, then them not respecting you or them being mad or upset or inconveniencing them, it's not a moral failure. It's not anything to do with you. It's not about you, it's about them and how they're reacting to it. And it's something that you have to let them deal with on your own. And then I also wanna say, you always have a right to say no to whoever, whomever it is. If it's your 89 year old grandmother who always makes gingerbread cookies and she pushes you to eat the gingerbread cookies it is not your responsibility to eat her gingerbread cookies. If you hate her gingerbread cookies, you can say no to your 89-year-old grandmother. She will deal. She will be okay. You don't owe her anything. You owe no one nothing. With yourself changes and you stop trying to suppress emotions so much and then start actually using them like a tool. It's because that's what it is. It's a sign. It's a thermostat. It's something. And when it goes too high, that's your sign that something's going on and you need to pay attention rather than numb, rather than binge, rather than drink alcohol or whatever it is.